Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're delighted that you've joined us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your hearts and minds as we enter God's Word. You know, tomorrow's a big day. I don't know if you know this. Maybe you've heard the news. It's actually Kenny Rogers' 78th birthday. I'm sure Kenny's watching on the live stream. We should probably sing happy birthday, but we'll skip that uh, for today. Yes, Kenny Rogers' 78th birthday. No, obviously it is the eclipse. Kentucky's darkest day, apparently, uh, is tomorrow. You know, people throughout time and history have tried to figure out what they believe about the eclipse. The uh, Vikings believed it was two wolves. One wolf was trying to eat the sun. The other was trying to eat the moon. And so when the eclipse started, they would go out and they would yell really loudly to scare the wolves away. Fascinating enough, despite the continent, typically the way people responded was yelling really loudly. So I'm sure tomorrow when you're watching the eclipse with your friends and the eclipse starts to happen, just scream really loudly. And I'm sure everybody will love that. And uh, you can say you're just chasing, um, chasing the eclipse away. The Pomo group, Native American group in, in California, they believed it was the sun was getting bit by a bear. So they would yell really loudly to scare away the bear. The ancient Chippewa tribe in North America, they would actually shoot flaming arrows toward the sun because they believed the, air, the sun was losing its power or the torch had been dropped. And they felt very encouraged that the sun actually came back, that they were excellent marksmen who could shoot. But you know what? The same doesn't, uh, isn't... Um, just for ancient people groups, also for current people groups. I was reading some Christians, uh, leaders who are describing and trying to figure out what they believe about the eclipse. Uh, One person I read said that the eclipse is coming this way, and in seven years the other eclipse is coming this way, and it's making an X across the United States. In seven years, it means it's going to be a really bad seven years uh, for the United States. I'm sure there's a lot of political jokes that could be made at that moment, but uh, for them, they believe that God is a sign he's going to, to come against the United States. But it doesn't make an X on the rest of the world, so it has to be us. You know, people don't know what they believe. When it comes to God, when it comes to their story, when it comes to their journey, when it comes to Jesus. And the same is very true for the two people that are in our story. A couple of weeks ago, I got inspired. I had a free Audible download for a book. And uh, science is fascinating to me, and so I downloaded a book called Astrophysics for People in a Hurry. It should have been titled Astrophysics for Very, 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 Very Smart People in a Hurry because it was way above my intellectual pay grade. And so Mason and I were camping out in the backyard. It was one of those gorgeous days uh, a few weeks ago. And I'm laying there. Mason's asleep under the stars, shooting stars. And I'm listening to the introduction, and it's way over my head way over my head, until the last sentence of the introduction. And the author said this, the universe is under no obligation to make any sense to you. Well, that made sense to me, right? The universe is under no obligation to make any sense to you. I'm laying there under the stars, feeling very small, feeling slightly depressed, One, I just don't quite grasp the magnitude of creation. But my theological mind took it a step further. God, the creator, is under no obligation to make any sense to me. God is completely other. He's not bound by 
creative forces. He's not bound by gender, race, ethnicity. He's not bound by anything. He's not bound by time or space or anything. God is not under any obligation to make sense to any of us. I was depressed for about two days thinking about that. I I was also depressed that I couldn't understand astrophysics. I meant that was something that went on. But I was depressed thinking, you know what? The universe doesn't have to make sense to me, but God doesn't either. But after about two days, the light bulb kind of flicked on, turned on. And I think our story speaks to the light turning on as well. Cleopas and his friend are walking the seven miles. They do not understand God whatsoever. They don't know what they believe. And God wasn't under any obligation to make any sense to them. But God did not leave Cleopas and his friend walking along by themselves trying to figure it out. God came and he walked with them and he explained to them what the truth of what had happened is. Friends, can I share with you some good news today? Jesus is with us on our journey, even when we cannot see it. God, who is under no obligation to make any sense whatsoever, did not abandon us to this world to try to figure it out on our own. But Jesus comes and he walks with us on our journey when we can't figure out ourselves, when we can't figure out our world, when we can't figure out what we believe about God. And he comes with us on our journey. We're all on a spiritual journey, every single one of us. When I came back two days later to that class in Australia, I thought, Lord, you're going to have to do something because I feel like I just blew up these kids' faith. I went on the board and I wrote on one side of the board, no God, N-O God, absence of God. And I drew a line to the other side and I put knowing God, K-N-O-W, God. And I drew an X and I said, every single one of you are somewhere on this line. And you're either moving in the direction toward knowing God or you're moving in the directions toward the absence of God. And for whatever that moment and that Holy Spirit moment, I think. You could see the light bulb begin to come on for some of these students. For the first time in their life, they saw themselves in relationship to God. They understood that, you know what, I may actually be moving farther away from God, but I still am in the same proximity as God. Friends, we are all on a spiritual journey. And I just want to say, maybe you don't know about Jesus, and maybe this whole God thing or church thing, you just haven't figured it out. And maybe you just have all these questions, and you're like, do I even belong here? Yes. You are welcome here regardless where you're at on your spiritual journey. And yet sometimes even after you believed and you know who Jesus is and you confessed him and he's your Lord and Savior and you're following him, sometimes you still don't know what you believe about God. But just to say you're welcome here wherever you are on your spiritual journey. You know, there are times in our lives that we do not see Jesus. I just want to go quickly over four, four reasons why we may not see Jesus on our journey. The first one comes from our story, and it's this. God conceals God's self from us. What do I mean by that? Our story that happened uh, in verse number um, 16, it says, but they were kept from recognizing Jesus. Cleopas was kept from recognizing Jesus. And that is, isn't that an interesting thing? God kept their eyes from recognizing Jesus walking with them. You see, the same is true in our story. Same is true in our lives. There are some times when we do not recognize 
Jesus in our life. And it's intentional from God. Now, wait a minute. Doesn't God want us to see himself in our life, in our story? Yes, absolutely. Anytime that God conceals himself from us, it's always temporarily. It's not permanent. But there are some times in our story, there are truths we are not going to learn unless there is a sense that we are walking out our faith, even when we don't see God, even when we don't feel God, even when we don't understand God. Now, that's tough. Can I just tell you something that bothers me about God sometimes? God is almost always concerned with the long term when it comes to our life and not just the temporary moment. Now, I want God to be concerned about my moment, my momentary happiness, my momentary sense of peace of mind, my momentary sense of connection with him. But there are times that, well, I'd say all the time, God is concerned about my long-term benefit of being a follower of Jesus and not just my momentary understanding. And Jesus here in our story in verse 25 says to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning him. If they had recognized Jesus as the Messiah who's risen from the dead, they would never have heard what he had to say to them. They would have been so overwhelmed, so blown away, they could not hear the truth that God was teaching them in that moment. And friends, there are some times that if God showed up in this incredible, magnificent way in the immediate moment, you would not learn the long-term lesson that's going to impact your life greater than if God suddenly said, here I am, this is me, I'm solving all your problems, you're all fixed, now go on. That doesn't make the moment easy, does it? But when God conceals himself, it's always temporarily. Because it's God's desire, ultimately, as we'll learn later, to reveal himself to us. The second one, this is not found in our text, but I thought it was helpful. Sometimes we don't see Jesus in our story because we're blind. We're blind from unbelief, sin, or things of this world. Sin separates us from God. There's a practice that I, I do in times when I just feel like i do not not really sensing God's presence in my life, that I simply get on my knees and say, God, I repent. If there's sin in my life that... That, I, uh, that I, maybe I'm not even aware of, I repent. I turn from that. There's been times when I felt the presence of Jesus come flooding back into my life. There's that restora- restoration. Personal hindrances. Sometimes we don't see Jesus in our story due to personal hindrances. hindrances. And what do I mean by that? Poor experiences, bad information, bad beliefs about God, mental health, etc. Sometimes there are things in our story that are just harder to know. You may have had an awful father who abused you. And so to come and try to encounter God as daddy is really a struggle for you. For others who may have had a great earthly father, it's easy to connect with God as dad. And that sense of personal story really is just a struggle for you. And that's your hindrance. It doesn't mean it can't be overcome. It doesn't mean that God isn't going to bring healing. But you may have some hindrances from it. I always think about William Cowper. He was a British hymnist from the 1700s. He wrote some famous uh, hymns. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Sinners plunge beneath their flood, lose all their guilty stains. You may have heard of that hymn. He severely struggled with mental health. His mom died when he was five. He was severely bullied. He was not allowed to marry the woman he loved. And he had intense anguish. And he wrote a hymn called, God Works in Mysterious Ways. His wonders to perform. But there's this line in there. William Cowper, who struggled with all of this, says, But trust him for his grace. 
Behind a frowning providence, he hides a smiling face. His personal hindrances were like this frowning face, but he trusted that God was smiling behind it. Maybe that's a reason why we don't always see Jesus in our story. And in the last one, the fourth one, maybe we're just unaware. What? You mean God actually shows up in my story? You mean God's just not in some cosmic universe and he doesn't come back? Like God actually walks with us? We may be unaware that God is with us. But the story that comes through Luke chapter 24 is that Jesus is with us on our journey even when we cannot see it. And so Jesus begins to walk with his two and they get to Emmaus. And it says that Jesus is about to keep walking on by, verse 28. And as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. To which I want to say, Jesus, where, where are you going? <laughs> you know, I mean, you raised from the dead. You're just walking. Jesus intends like he's going on further. He's just going to continue his stroll. He's just uh, uh, raised from the dead. But they urged him strongly, stay with us. For it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took the bread, he gave thanks, he broke it, and he began to give it to them. And then their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They were temporarily blinded from seeing or temporarily hidden from recognizing Jesus. But when they get to the place, he takes the bread, he breaks it, he gives it to them. And suddenly their eyes are open and they realize this is actually Jesus. And then he disappears from their sight. Incredible. These are the aha moments, I call them. Moments when God connects, when he shows up in your life and your eyes are suddenly wide open to his presence of Oh, wow. I couldn't, can't believe that Jesus was actually here. Jesus is actually moving in my story. I had no idea that Jesus was with me. In fact, I pray this prayer sometimes even with premarital couples uh, or, or times of counseling. God, I pray for aha moments during the session together when our eyes would open to the sense of your presence that's at work. God, give me aha moment, a sense of, oh, wow, God, you're at work. You're here. You are right here walking with me and you're speaking to me. This is a prayer that I know that God loves to pray. But for these two individuals, once your eyes are opened, everything changes. Once your eyes are open, everything changes. They walked seven miles to Jerusalem, feeling like their world had ended and it was over and God didn't make sense. Then all of a sudden they get up and they run back to tell the disciples, we have seen the Lord and he's alive. It's the same road, but everything changed from their seven miles to Emmaus and their seven miles back from Emmaus. Why? Because once God opens your eyes, everything changes. Verse 32, they asked each other, were not our hearts burning with us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true. The Lord has risen as appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on their way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. You know, there's something pretty cool happening right now. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Enchroma glasses. Enchroma glasses are, are meant to fix color blindness. And if you go on YouTube and you search for Enchroma glasses, 
There are countless stories where these individuals are getting a present from their family and it's these enchroma glasses and they put them on and they see their kid's eye color for the first time. They see the color for the first time. And I'm like, I'm like a waterworks watching them. I mean, they're just amazing. They're just powerful. And they're over and over and over again. These individuals are having their eyes open for the first time to color. And suddenly the world looks very different. Well, Logan Paul is a YouTuber, is mostly well-known for funny videos, but he did something a little different. He's colorblind, and he received a pair of enchroma glasses. And I want to share the video of when he went to the Griffin Observatory to view a sunset in color for the first time. Let's check it out. about to put on these glasses uh, that are going to cure my colorblindness for the first time in my life. out on stuff like this. The blue is, is so much bluer than I've ever seen. The, the yellows, the oranges, they're no, they're no longer like a mesh. I can, I'm like finally discerning the different colors. I'm sorry, yo, this is like, I'm sorry guys. Normally I'm like, ah, I'm funny. It's, this is, uh, I don't even, I can't even speak right now. I'm so sorry guys. So for Logan Paul and for many others around our country, they're having this eye-opening experience when they see color for the first time. Friends, you may be walking in your journey like, Jesus, I don't know where you are. I don't even know what I believe. But the truth I want you to hear today is Jesus is with you on your journey. And the second thing is this. It's God's desire to open your eyes. It's God's desire to open your eyes. God delights in answering the prayer of when his people pray, God, open my eyes. My eyes were open when I was in high school, and I felt like I could tell you all the arguments about why God existed and who God was, but I personally didn't feel like I actually knew God. I felt like God was this weight I was almost carrying around, and I had to defend God and, 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 and prove God existed and all of this. And it came this time, it really just felt like a weight. And one time walking through my backyard underneath the stars, this prayer emerged from my soul. And it simply said, God, reveal yourself to me. Show me who you are. And whoever you reveal yourself to me, me to be, I'll accept And it was like this weight lifted off of my chest. 
It was like God opened my eyes and suddenly it didn't become about me proving God existed. It became about looking through the, through these eyes God had given me for God to show himself to say, you know what? I'm real. I'm at work in your story. I'm with you. I'm going to empower you. I've called you. I've chosen you. But it wasn't until I prayed, God, open my eyes, that God actually did it. And that's my prayer for each one of us today. Is that in just a moment, we'll have a chance just to simply quietly respond and ask God to say, God, would you open my eyes? Would you join me in prayer? Well, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are with us on our, spirit, on our journey. I thank you that you've called us according to your name. So, Lord, I pray for every single person who's here today. I pray that whether they know exactly where you are in their life, or they know exactly what they believe, whether they don't have a clue today, I pray for each one of us, God, that you would open our eyes and reveal yourself to us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As a corporate time of prayer in just a minute, I'm just going to invite you where you are. We're going to stand in just a minute. Just simply, would you pray a simple prayer? God, would you open my eyes today? We're not making this up. We're not conjuring it up. It's not some emotional response. It's the belief that God who created all of this is with us on our journey and desires to open our eyes. So would you join me and stand this morning? Let's just take a quiet moment to respond to the Lord and listen and ask him to open our eyes. Maybe you're there today and maybe you've never responded to Jesus as your Lord and Savior and followed him. Today would be a great day to have your eyes open and to ask him and receive him into your life. Maybe you feel like God may be calling you to join this church home. We'd welcome you today. Make this your space for the Lord to open our eyes today. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Keyword, mywrbc. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening and join us next week for another message from God's Word.